Daddy's Beard, the Gay Dad Podcast with Alex Megan and Young Daniel. Hello and welcome to another episode of Daddy Square, the the gay, the, the gay dads podcast. I'm Jan. I'm Alex. Um, and today it's Father's Day episode, and it's going to be very. I think it's the most personal episode for us so far. I hope so. You, you'll get to meet our friends, our gay dads friends. Um, but first, let's talk about uh, Daddy. Let's talk, talk about this term. Let's talk about the term. The, Because the, a lot of people like find it offensive. It kind of implies that you are old. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, and I mean, I think, so first of all, we're talking about the multifaceted word daddy. Daddy, of course, uh, you know, means father, but then there's the whole gay usage of daddy, which I, I think, let's be clear, let's get very, very semantic here about the meaning of daddy. Daddy absolutely has to be a man at least in his 30s, If you're, you can't be, I don't care what you look like, you can't be a daddy when you're in your 20s. So you're a little bit, you're certainly Late a little bit older. Even, I would say. Uh, you know, you're certainly a little bit older, especially relative to the person who's calling you daddy. Right. That's important. Um, and and also you have a certain way of carrying yourself. I, here, can you be- Seriously? A, can you be an effeminate daddy? I don't think so, right? Listen, you should definitely email us back. This is very important. Hello yeah. at daddysqr.com. It's, it's a good question. I don't think that you can be a, a, effeminate an daddy. effeminate daddy. I think the whole oh. point of daddy is daddy. Unless you're know. straight. Well, that's, yeah, but um, now you're complicating things unnecessarily. But look, I mean, here's the thing. I was saying I didn't have kids till I was 47, so I had plenty of time to be referred to as daddy by, you know, delightful little Twinkies before I had kids. And I found it, you know, disturbing because I was like, oh, shit, that means I'm old. Then I had kids and the disturbingness only doubled uh, because now I'm actually daddy. I'm called daddy by, by name by my children. And then I see some Twinkie on Santa Monica Boulevard who happens to think I look good and says to me, ooh, daddy. And now I'm screwed because I'm like, ew, wait, That's no, gross. it's gross. You know, <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't know how to handle this, but uh, not that I want them to stop. I'm just yeah, saying don't stop, guys. I think it's a compliment. Oh, yeah, I've, sure. I've been told that, I mean, I didn't get a lot of daddy thing from, from younger people uh, before I, I became parent, but now I get it. And it's kind of, uh, I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm like, zaddy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Why I don't know. not? No, no. I'd look, say. you know, hey, any any form of praise. But, uh, an an yeah. 80-year-old blind woman can walk up to me and say, you look great, and I'll take it. Today is the Father's Day special. Uh, I want to explain to you what we actually did that, because it's not a regular episode. Um, uh, we kind of uh, took it a little bit personal, and we want to introduce to you five of our friends. But mm -hmm. before we do that, we would like to, or maybe Alex will explain to you, what is gay pizza in our house? Because this became kind of a tradition, yeah, weekly tradition in our house. The pizza is not gay. It's the people who come that are gay. The pizza doesn't care about its own sexual orientation. But and their dads. Uh, so yes, so so gay we dads. we started to invite some of our gay dad friends, and they started to invite some of theirs, and they come and they bring their kids, and uh, it's a bit of a crazy free for all in our backyard, and it's a very warm and lovely experience for us. We love doing it. We want to keep doing it forever, watching the kids run around and and have a good time. And so what we did in a recent uh, gay pizza night was we co-opted some of the dads and and asked them to come in. 
into our little studio here and record a little bit about themselves as fathers and also as sons, because, you know, all of them are both or yeah. have been both. Um, and there's something very special about the, the cycle of those things that we wanted to capture in this episode. So you'll get to meet five of our friends and it's kind of diverse, right? It's like one couple is married, one is not married. We have a single dad. Out of the kids, we have two adoptions and two surrogacies, and we have two immigrants, yeah. one from Colombia and one from the UK. Yeah. A diverse, yeah, it's kind of like America. It looks like America, except with no women and no straights, which, <laughs> you know, would be a very different kind well, of America. some women, still. but, you know, two-year-olds. Oh, right. I mean, older, yeah, <laughs> right, adult women. We'll get to it in a minute, but uh, we have a special Father's Day gift from us to you. Um, and which I'm really, really excited about. This I is something, love this thing. This is something that I've been working on for a while now. Um, and it's a free download of coloring book, but it's not just a coloring book. Ooh. It's a coloring book of gay divas. Yes. Dressed as Disney characters. Yes. Um, you can not that we're going to get in any kind of legal trouble for this thing. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it on the podcast, but it doesn't say it anywhere else. Good. Uh, <laughs> for legal purposes. Good. Um, don't but, narc on us please i know that some of you actually work for these companies Shh. go ahead so if you want to introduce your kids to share madonna kylie minogue dana international beyonce and elton john this is like the best way to do it because it's like a coloring book and it's fun um, and you and might... I'm, go I'm not going to promote it anymore just go ahead and download it it's a yeah. free gift from us to you log on to daddysqr.com slash diva and have it sent to your mailbox and get your children busy while you're listening to the podcast or doing something else. You know, some things take five minutes when you're married. <laughs> of course, he's I'm talking saying. about folding the laundry. DaddySQR.com And now, a word from our sponsor. Are you ready to become a dad? Surrogacy is a wonderful way to grow your family. Circle Surrogacy was founded by a gay dad through surrogacy and has been helping gay singles and couples become parents for over 20 years. Because surrogacy is an emotional and financial investment, finding the right agency to partner with you and support you on your journey is very important. Circle Surrogacy believes that everyone should have the opportunity to be a parent. Learn more at circlesurrogacy.com. Dot com. I'm telling you, they've got to use me for other things because I just have, I can, I can do a sponsorship message. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I can't do that part. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Now we're going to go in and we're going to start listening to some yeah, of to, our friends and yeah, getting to, to so know them. The first, yeah, the first segment we're going to hear is an introduction. Um, and also all of them answered the question, what did you think about parenting when you came out? So let's hear that. In the meantime, while you're hearing that, go on to daddysqr.com slash diva and download the thing because it's very cute. I'm Jason Sting. I'm 47, not married, uh, partnered. My name is Sebastian. I'm 40 years old. My partner is Jason, and I have two boys, Roman and Dominic, who are three and two. Both uh, through surrogacy. Hey, what's going on? I'm Dylan. Um, I'm 39. Uh, I'm single. I have one female child, um, which I got through adoption. Uh, I'm Scott Weiner. I'm 46 years old, and I'm married. I'm Paul. I'm 46, and I'm married to Scott. We've got one kid, beautiful, Louie, who is two and a half, obviously a boy. 
and we actually got him through a private adoption. Uh, when I first came out of the closet, um, what did I think about having kids? Um, I've always known that I wanted to have kids. I was adopted myself, so I always wanted to make sure that um, I adopted. Um, uh, there's a lot of children that are unwanted that somebody can have. So um, it's always been my plan. Uh, definitely something that I always wanted to do. I thought I wanted kids, but it didn't seem like a realizable thing. I mean, the notion that you could actually, like walk outside and go to a park as a family with kids being a, a gay family was just not like a thing that was going to happen in my lifetime. So it was like, okay, yeah, that sounds really cool, but not going to happen. You know what? I couldn't even think about having kids. We couldn't even get married. Prop eight, I didn't even pass. So it wasn't even on the cars. So I didn't even think I could have a normal married relationship. So suddenly to be able to be married, that was the first obstacle. And then obviously to then think, oh my God. And actually we were on our honeymoon in Argentina and we were like, do you want kids? And then we thought, God, we can have kids. So you know what? This is amazing because we never thought it was possible. I guess I thought that with regards to having kids that it would be more challenging. I guess I never really thought that it wouldn't happen. It just was going to be different. I, um, how, well, first of all, the obvious of not having a woman in the picture, um, was going to make it harder. Um, but a challenge I was going to be able to overcome since, since surrogacy and IVF wasn't as much of a thing back then, because I was in my early twenties. Um, I, uh, I would find friends and, uh, start making deals like girls. So I would be like, okay, so if we get to age 30 and, you know, we don't have kids, we're going to have kids, you know, silly kid stuff. And, um, you know, even tried chasing that down when I was 32 with a friend, we were figuring it out how we were going to make it work. Ultimately it didn't. Um, and then I met Sebastian and, uh, I wanted to grow my family and I was going to do it either way. Fortunately, he was on board, and he found the way to do it, which was through surrogacy. Uh, when I first came out of the closet, uh, God, what I thought about having kids was probably the farthest thing from my mind at that moment. Uh, I think surviving the AIDS crisis was what was on our minds at that point, and just uh, and trying to be as gay as we could be with it being as healthy as we could be. Uh, thinking back on it now... I had kids because why? Well, I was on my honeymoon. I had gotten married in 2014 um, after we'd fought for Prop 8 and uh, gay marriage was finally legalized. Uh, we got married and we then on our honeymoon decided that uh, we wanted to have kids. Um, we were drinking a lot of red wine <laughs> on the roof of a very fabulous boutique hotel in Buenos Aires. And, and my husband asked me if I wanted children. And... Um, it was one of those moments you don't really forget. And uh, I didn't even say anything. I just shook my head and uh, teared. And, you know, I think at that moment you realize that all the years you fought to be who you are and struggled with who your identity was and where you fit into the world finally came into focus. And I knew that at that moment that my whole life was going to be, you know, I fought hard to get here and um, have, you know, it was the best decision I ever, that we ever made.
How cute are our friends? <laughs> I like so I like the idea that you know a glass of wine and children pop out. It's almost straight, but <laughs> but not. Alex, what did you think when, um, you, were, when well, you just came out? Oh, oh, what did I think? It's funny because I listened to to all of these, and I think that mine was kind of a combination of them. Um, I I think that I always thought, well. I should have kids, you know, despite the fact that I came out when it was relatively, you know, it was the very early 90s and uh, AIDS crisis and everything else. I still was raised to believe that I was me and my homosexuality was not all there was to it. And so therefore, you know, if I want to have children, I should have children. But that said... I had this amazing excuse for not having children, which was that it was very, very hard to make that happen. And I have to wonder, I'm sure this isn't true for all men, but I think a lot of men really look forward to the opportunity of the excuse for why they don't have to have kids. And especially the straight ones marry a woman who is more likely to say, no, we got to have the kids. And then they say, well, all right, I'll go along with it. And then they fall in love with their children and all that. Um, I think I used the excuse of how hard is this? How impossible is this for like 25 years? until some guy I married, you know, helped me realize that the two of us could do it together. That's, by the way, my co-host on this show. Oh, really? Yeah, that's Oh, you. I thought it's your that's ex. That's you. <laughs> your ex. Very nice. It's funny because for me, I never thought I want kids. Never, ever. I said, no, I don't want kids. And I think it's kind of related to how I grew up, how hard it was for me as a kid. Uh -huh. I was bullied. At school, I was I suffered a lot as a kid. I had a miserable childhood, I would say. Um, and the way that you know my parents treated me, I, I didn't want to. I just didn't want to have a kid who right. uh, who knows suffer. It's and then it's funny because when I met you, yeah, and I remember telling my late therapist the reason why I want to have kids is that I want biological connection to Alex. And the fact that we did, I didn't want to do it any other way other than twins with the same egg donor and different sperm, one for me, one for oh. him, just because they connect us. Well, they do connect us. Um, biologically, really which is yeah. what I wanted. So, yeah, um, you know, I posted a discussion, very, very interesting discussion this week on uh, Men Having Babies group on Facebook, which is a kind of a Facebook group for future dads, like... Uh, dads who think about or perspective dads yeah, yeah going through surrogacy right now and i asked them what are they looking for the most in fatherhood i got answers not a lot but i got answers about which is kind of obvious not that i'm uh, belittling them yeah. right yeah uh like they want to teach them music like 80s and 90s music uh, sing with them in the car let them explore stuff in life um, which I found really cute. And I think that this is what most parents are looking for, right? When they're thinking about future fatherhood, right? Yeah, they're thinking be. about the good stuff, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I got one comment, which I would like to read from Daniel from Australia, that I find it, I could really relate to it. And he said, what I'm looking forward to in being a dad is treating my son the way my parents didn't treat me. Maybe it's a cultural thing, but being Asian, I was always told I'm not good enough, that I was a failure. I had to do better than everyone else's kids. And I was always compared, even today, I feel like this, and I'm 34. 
I will never treat my son this way and always encourage him and tell him how proud I am in him no matter what he does. I'm getting all shivers <laughs> because it's so me. This is exactly what I'm trying to do with my kids. Um, let's move on to the second segment. Yeah, let's so do the, se- it. the second segment is about uh, if there's one thing, and it's kind of related to that, if there's one thing I can teach my kids to take through life, what would it be? Let's see what it is. Thinking back on it now, I had kids because I just always knew I would. I think that when I was eight years old, my family always had these gatherings where a bunch of people would come over and someone brought a baby. And, uh, you know, I'd usually play with all the kids and run around. But when that baby was there, that one time, I remember laying next to the baby the whole time and just watching him and, you know, caring for him and everything. And uh, it's a memory that I'll never forget. So I'm assuming that that's where it started, where I just knew. And then I made it happen. I think it will just make society better because they're realizing that Gay parents are just like parents. Take out the gay of it. We're just parents. And we just want to progress our society further, whether that's being parents, successful in our jobs, successful in our outlook in life, politics, whatever. It just means that we're passing it forward, paying it forward. Um, Our thoughts, our hopes, our aspirations um, and I hope that Louis has that instilled in him. All right. If there's one thing I could teach my kids, what would... Oh, if there's one thing I could teach my kids that they would take through life, it would be do what makes you happy. I want what every parent wants for their kids. I want them to be, you know... I want them to know love. I want them to know happiness. I want them to be proud of their accomplishments. I want them to share all of the great things that they discover in this life with other people. Um, but at the end of the day, if one doesn't know love and happiness, then they're not really living. Um, yeah. So happiness. If there's one thing I could teach my kids that uh, they would take through life. It would be uh, to be truthful to yourself and who you are from the core and just live every day to be who that person really is. That's all I could ever ask for. Uh, My parents gave that to me. It took them a long time to get there, um, as all parents go through a process of when their child comes out. Um, But they went from being embarrassed by it and being scared by it to being an advocate and proud parents of gay gay grandparents now. Uh, So I don't, uh, you know, I I didn't think I was going to tear up, but I am. Um, uh, Yeah. you feel closer to your family, uh, fuller uh, part of the universe, um, to where you fit into the world. So I, you know, it was a, it's the best thing. Like I said, I think we've ever done in our lives. Don't try and follow the herd. The herd leads nowhere. Being an individual um, leads to new places, new pastures. And I think coming out as a gay man, you just had to realize that you had to go through grass that was already way higher than you it was daunting but it meant that you were not 
no longer following the herd. You were an individual, and because of that, you you've got a path to your own destiny. My mom used to always say, uh, you know, you can do anything you want to. You can be anybody you want to be. I truly believe that. Um, but I, I will say this. Um, uh, <laughs> anybody that says that money cannot um, buy you happiness is a liar. Um, <laughs> they've either never been really poor or they've never been really rich. Um, uh, I grew up super poor. Um, I would say to anybody... Um, Figure out what you want to do as quick as you possibly can. Make as much money as you can so that you can actually have the life that you want and be able to give it to other people. I know it sounds super trite, um, but it that's it's the truth. Uh, happiness can be many different things, but in order to be able to uh, do the things you want to, unfortunately, we live in a society where money is important. Well, the thing is, there's honestly not really anything that I would have changed because even with all the hardship and you know uh stuff that i went through it's your journey and it kind of leads to where you are so i you know i wouldn't have wanted to change anything i mean i I suppose if i were to think about this uh if you were to ask me would i rather my kids be happy or smart something like that so you know uh i'd say smart and here's the thing i understand that that takes hardship you get you have to get tempered in your life in order to become interesting and develop your intellect so you know i know that's gonna take a lot of hardship for them but i'd rather that than you know they be shallow well i'll call human services right now (laughs) happy's overrated I think we can't help but ask the question of Jan. So what's the one thing that you wish for your children that they will know that maybe you did not? Let's see if I can actually say it in English because it's so personal that it's going to be hard for me to express it. Um, I think that if there's one thing I would teach them is how to get the tools to heal themselves when they get hurt. Mm emotionally um and it happens and sometimes i'm not going to be there so i want them to have these tools to kind of do it to each other to themselves to their right. to their loved ones and these are tools that i've learned through life um and i w- i've learned through therapy and i got to a point where i can do that so i want to pass it forward Jeez, that's good. I had the benefit of being able to ask this question of all of these people without having to have my own answer. And uh, and it's hard for you so much, it, right? It's so hard for you. What, not to talk? Yes. Oh, bite me, bite me, bite talk. me, bite me. Hum. Hum. Um, but look, I, I will say that while everything that these guys said I, I embrace, I, I try to look for what the root item is for all of it. And um, I wonder if... Shakespeare was not actually right. I know it's trite, but to thine own self be true. The idea that if you can take the time at every moment of your life to stop, to to dig deep and ask yourself questions about you and not 
go along saying, well, you know, it's fine the way it is. I'm, I'm, I'm working on things, you know. And instead of needing to go uh, and have other people find your journey for you and and go to the Kabbalah Center, that's right. I'm not supportive of the Kabbalah Center or Scientology. Instead of all of that, yeah, don't care. Shocker. So they will not be our sponsors. Um, Instead of all of that, if you sit down and you ask yourself the hard questions about you about who are you and what matters to you and what what you know what do you want from yourself that's the questions you ask me every night yeah i know and i think that if my kids can bring themselves to live a life where they ask themselves those questions i think that they'll find a great deal of happiness and meaning in their lives and that's what i'd like for them you're a good father I don't know. Well, I don't know. We're only in season two. Uh, <laughs> Let's go back to this when we're like season Yeah, 10. exactly. We'll see. Um, you know, Paul shared this week something really nice on Facebook. Now I can refer to, my, to That's our right. friends by name. Our friend Paul. So our friend Paul shared something. He's the one with the rad accent, the really <laughs> excellent accent. Go ahead. Uh, an article about a dad who offered free hugs uh, during a Pittsburgh Pride Parade for kids whose parents rejected them. Uh-huh. So he wrote a letter to these kids' parents. He's a straight dad. Uh-huh. He's not gay, right? And he writes, and I quote him, his name is Howie Dittman from uh, Pittsburgh. He says, Imagine that your child feels so lost from you that they sink into the arms of a complete stranger and sob endlessly just because that stranger is wearing a shirt offering hugs from a dad. Think of the depth of their pain, he writes to them. And I read the whole letter, um, which we're going to put on our website as well. And I kind of, I want to do it. I want to go next Pride with a free hug t-shirt from a dad and just give hugs to all these kids because this is heartbreaking. Yeah. And there's a couple of pictures of him um, with people he hugged. And I don't know, like, in a way, well, I I wasn't thrown out of the house in the, in the literal um, meaning of the sentence, but I experienced much of the emotional pain that goes along with that. Yeah. And, um, and I feel exactly what these kids yeah uh, feel and it's horrible and if there's something we can do for them and to offer this kind of comfort as dads just because just because we're dads well um, if nothing else amazing. so look look us up next pride in west hollywood i'll be there i don't care about you are you doing the hugs i'm doing hugs all right that's great let's move to the next segment yeah so in this next segment you know we're asking um these gay dads about memories that they have of their dads that are special and meaningful to them and i don't know if there are any uh grandpa what's the word for like a the uh, there isn't a word for the grandparent of a child who is born to a gay man but in any case if there are any of you listening um what you didn't get that? You didn't that? I got grandparents. it. It okay. sounds stupid. Well, I know, but we should come not up one with a word their, for it. Not but um, one of their best ideas. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, if any of you are listening, this, is, this one is for you because uh, this is about memories that we gay men have of our parents, of our fathers, uh, that have had a real meaning to us.
memories of your childhood with your father would you like your kids to have of you? Um, uh, what memories? Um, just just like laughing. Uh, my father was really goofy. Uh, he was really funny. We just laughed all the time. I don't know that he was the best father. Sorry, Dad. Um, in any other capacity, um, but we always laughed. And uh, I think that I've kind of passed that along. Hopefully I'm a better father in other areas. Um, but as far as like just making sure we get through the day and we've laughed about stuff, um, we get over things really, really quickly, both of us uh, uh, – her and myself uh it's just really important to just like enjoy those moments together just laughing so um i try to be as goofy as i possibly can be and hopefully she'll never have uh have to worry about anything other than that my dad used to breed um horses pasofino uh when i was growing up we had a farm in colombia and when i turned i don't know eight or nine I started reading The Black Stallion by Walter Farley, um, which of which there are actually 24, and I read all 24. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so he, he knew that it was silly, but there was a point where there was a black filly, and I was like, oh, my God, it's like in the books. Just give it to me. And he was like, sure. And he let me do whatever I wanted. I mean, I recreated that whole damn book, like I don't even know how many times. <laughs> on that poor horse, but you know, he was like, okay, you know, just go for it and do it. Uh, even when like, you know, she threw me and almost, you know, broke my back. He was like, that's what happens. You know, it happened in the book. So yeah, I do wow. appreciate that. I would like my kids to understand how healthy my relationship was with my father. Um, my dad was always a patient man, or is still a patient man. He uh, loves me dearly, loves my brother as well, um, in spite of the fact that he doesn't always get us. He's not necessarily on board with the whole gay thing, and he's quite frankly not on board with it. Um, but he has found a way to work past that in spite of all of his prejudice and shortcomings around this life. Um, and still show me love and show me kindness and be participatory in my life in every endeavor that we take on. So he's there when my kids were born, when they were baptized, every everything that I've done. And that's the kind of relationship that I want to show them. I want to show them that I'm going to love and support them no matter what they do. Uh, I'm pretty sure that most parents, when they see their kids they realize there's nothing they wouldn't do for them. Um, I think my dad was a special attestment to something that you can overcome. Like one of the worst things I would assume for him growing up would be for him to have a child that was somehow going to be discriminated against or sidelined or something. And for him to love through that speaks volumes to who he is, I think. My dad died uh, extremely young. He died at 61. Um, so I was only, I think, 26, 27 at the time. A sad occasion because I was already in L.A., originally from England. And so to get that call, and my brother was living in Canada at the time. So we flew back, um, you know, obviously when we got the news. Um, but both me and my brother 
spoke at the funeral about how our dad would teach us about the garden, about the life of what the garden meant. It was something mm -hmm. that wasn't instant. You didn't plant a seed and suddenly a plant arrived. It took time. It took nurture. It took care. It took water. It took sunshine. Mm -hmm. And I think something like that is really um, indelible mm -hmm. because it proves that something isn't an instant overnight success. It was something that took time. And because it took time, it created patience in someone, in me, hopefully, and in my brother, so that you really respect the hard work and that the payoff doesn't come next day or the next day, but sometimes nine months, 10 months, even 10 years down the line. And I'm even thinking about, you know, maybe getting an allotment and then teaching Louis about, you know, the growing vegetables. And I think there's something about the cycle of life yeah. that you get from a vegetable, from growing, from the plants, from the earth, and realizing, oh, my God, the sunshine and the nutrients and the roots. And he's two and a half, and he already understands what roots are and trunk. And, and there's something like, even if it fails, failure, okay, well, next year, it could happen. So I think there's, yeah, back to the earth. It's back to nature. Yeah. My dad is a renaissance man. My dad is incredibly creative. He makes his own wine. He, um, he makes his own pickles. He's a good <laughs> Jew. He makes his own pickles. Um, but he's a renaissance man. He's a creative guy who's not afraid to try things uh, and is very much in spirit what I loved about him, what I love about him. Um, and what I hope to pass on to my son is to follow your dreams that way. Make what you love to do your daily passion and do it to your fullest every day and make a living at it. And my dad taught me that he's always been self-employed. Um, so he's been a self-starter. I've seen him go through ups and downs of being a self-employed person. Uh, and, uh, you know, they work twice as hard, I think, as people who work for corporate America do because they're driven to do it themselves. Uh, but he taught me also about how to be your own boss is gives you the freedom to enjoy the part of your life that you really relish the most, which is with your kids and your family. So I think that's what I take away that my dad's a Renaissance man, creative guy. And I hope to pass that on to my son that, you know, he learns as much about the world creatively as he possibly can. And then he enjoys all of it and pickles and pickles. <laughs> Alex, you should also grow your pickles as a Jewish man. I've tried. I'm a failure. I'm a vegetable failure. <laughs> anyway. You know, guys, when we interviewed David Bertka a few weeks ago, we also asked him to share a memory with his father. So here it is. The thing I think I remember most about my father is the way he played with us. You know, I, I remember we grew up in a we had a pool in the backyard and the way he used to toss us around and and throw us around and play. My dad has this, you know, kid vibe that is relatable, but also so much fun at the same time. So I really hope that they can look back and and see that I I played hard with them and and had fun. Daddy, that's QR.com. And so those are 
the voices of some of our friends about their dads, and now it's time for me to be asking you about yours. So, what, what is the question? <laughs> as I tell as, me, as I tell me, tell me suspiciously. No, come on. I want to hear hard about. For me and you I know. know. You got to have something about your father well, that well, has what, stuck big, with you. Good memory. A good memory of your father. So listen, the, and that, this is something I always say, and that my brother will always say that too. The best memory we have of our fathers is our dinners. So our father... And can cook, by the it's way. It's not about the cooking. Okay. So it's not cooking. All right. It's preparing dinner. So for those of you who don't know what you, what's a traditional Israeli dinner, it's basically like salads, uh, lots and lots of different salads, like tuna salad and all sorts of things, and, um, and eggs and cheese and stuff like that. So he would make this wonderful you know, dinner table for yeah. all of us. Um, uh, and he, he would work on it like for hours. He can start at five while we're eating at eight. So he would put his heart on it, like he's really invested in it. And you know, because he still does it he to does. this day. He does. And when he comes over, now that we have kids, and he did it for our kids, he started at four because our kids are eating at six, 6.30. So he starts making all these kind of salads and stuff like this. And both me and my brothers you, you always used to say that if we had kids, we would do that too. Um, however... I don't seem to manage to do that very well because I'm lazy. Well, you're basically. doing better than me. <laughs> but I do I do, do that some, sometimes. But I think as they grow older, maybe it will be more consistent. Don't forget our Father's Day gift. Uh, so it's a free download now at uh, daddysqr.com slash diva. It's your uh, Coloring for Kids book. Coloring for Kids? Divas, Divas for, for Dads. dads. So yeah, get your uh, kids familiar with Beyonce, Madonna, Cher, and all the other ladies, including, including Elton John. John. <laughs> We're thinking the same thing. Um, and also, um, so you can also write to us uh, in general, you know, at hello at daddysqr.com. If you have something to share about your father, about your kids, uh, you know, we love to get that story, these stories. And also, if you have some ideas for the show, right? Always. We, we, want, we want to hear from you. We want you guys to be as much part of this as you possibly can bring yourselves to be. And if you want to give something back to the community, tell someone today about our podcast. Is that weird to say? No, we got we to gotta shill a little bit for ourselves. Yeah, we want these stories in our journey to get to the right ears. So yeah. every time we get a new parent or a gay couple that's uh, looking to have kids... Um, and kind of ran to our podcast. It's really helped them to actually hear about these stories and read about all the stuff that we write about on our website and stuff like that. So tell other people about it. Um, thank you to all of our friends, Paul, Scott, Sebastian, Jason, and Dylan for taking part in this. I, I don't know. I kind of feel closer to them now. Me too. Me too. It was very personal. And it's brave. Yeah. Um, and also... Before we go, Alex, I have a question for you. I think I'm ready. What do you think the funniest fatherhood story that you had so far? I think that the magic hole, my magic hole, no? Yeah, the magic hole was pretty funny. I mean, I certainly screamed laughing. But I mean, look, there have been, you know what? I mean, this is, this is going to get us in trouble. But I actually think that the greatest, most, the greatest release of humor that both of us has had since the kids were born 
was when one night I was, I think, putting them to bed or I was just relaxing in the living room and I heard you screaming with laughter from the bedroom, from our bedroom, screaming with laughter. The kids were maybe two years old and I ran into the bedroom and you had like tears pouring down your face and you turned your phone and showed me pictures of them when they were babies <laughs> and they were so ugly they were so hideous and like squashed monkey looking faces and the two of us lay there next to each other paging through the pictures and, and laughing cracking up. yeah i think yeah that that would be the, it was great the best thing. that was a great moment yeah if you guys have toddlers just look spend some like five minutes looking back at the pictures of like the first days of them oh my god it's great it's really hilarious yeah. Yeah, this is like yeah. somebody took your toddler and and you know smushed them smushed them into a, a toilet paper <laughs> or something everybody thank this is you it. guys yeah. so much for listening you know before we go i i did want to read one thing that uh i wrote in the days uh before our children were born incredibly emotional days for me uh and uh um and just so happened to be Father's Day when I wrote it, too. And we'll go with that. So before we do go, happy Father's Day to all of you. Happy Father's Day. And also happy Father's Day to all of the people who are currently working on having kids. Yeah. Who don't have kids yet. It's always important for me to say you're part of the community. From the 100%. beginning, you start to look into surrogacy or adoption or whatever you want from the beginning for for the moment you decided you want to have kids you are in our gay dads community so happy father's day to you too yeah today is father's day and my father's 35th yard site my dear father khalil who sweated like a pig in the roasting philadelphia sun growing peppers and tomatoes next to the house, dressed in what by today's standards could only be called Daisy Dukes, who made us believe for the first nine or ten years of our lives that chickens in his home country of Iran gave milk that had magical powers, who was first a beloved pediatrician and then a psychiatrist who nevertheless helped children pass nightmares, prescribing sticking feet out from under blankets rather than prescribing drugs. My dear father Khalil, who went by Kelly to fit in in his adopted country, who was told when I was 11 and a half years old that he had brain cancer and would die within a few weeks, who informed his doctors and my mother that he had lived to see his first son's bar mitzvah and he would live to see his other sons as well, who endured a year and a half of hell on earth and slipped into a coma weeks before I turned 13 who during my tiny ceremony in our living room opened his eyes and extended his arm to me during my Torah reading to the shock of family gathered, who held my hand and closed his eyes for the last time, having delivered a message of love to his younger son, more powerful, more profound than anything wound in the scroll from which I was reading, and who died in his bed just a day later. And now, so many years have passed, and with the help of God, I will soon be a father. If even the feeblest echo of his love reverberates in how I raise my children, they will be as blessed as was I. Happy Father's Day.
becoming a dad. Surrogacy is an amazing way to grow your family. Circle Surrogacy has successfully made the dream of parenthood a reality for gay singles and couples from across the U.S. and around the world for over 20 years. The surrogacy process and surrogacy costs can be complex. Circle's experienced staff will partner with you on your path to parenthood. Circle Surrogacy was founded on the belief that everyone should have the opportunity to become a parent, and they've helped bring almost 2,000 babies into this world. Circle Surrogacy makes parenthood possible for gay dads. Learn more at circlesurrogacy.com.